Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Spirited Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy, you homie. Fuck that. Black dude. This bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. It is December 1st. It's that time of year. Let's get this shit going. I really can't But then I said, motherfucker, you motherfucker. I said, it's cold outside. I've got to go. And I said, motherfucker, you motherfucker. I said, it's cold outside. This evening has been, been hoping that you drop so in. very nice. I'll hold your hands. They're just like My ice. mother will start to Beautiful, worry. what's your heart? And father will be pacing the floor. Listen to the fireplace So roll. really, I'd better scurry. Beautiful, please don't well, hurry. maybe just a half a drink Put more. Put the record on while I The neighbors pour. might think. Maybe it's bad out there. Hey, what's in this no drink? No camps to be had out there. I wish I knew your how eyes are like starlight to now. break the spell. I'll take your hat. <gasps> your hair looks I swell. ought to say no, no, Mind no, if sir. I'm moving At closer. least I'm going to say that I tried. What's the sense of hurting my pride? I really can't Baby, stay. don't hold out. Uh, I 
said, motherfucker, you motherfucker. I said, it's cold outside. Yeah, that's uh, the rapiest song of all time and uh remix with John Zandig. Um so yeah guys, uh look, you know, I had a crazy week, a uh, bunch going on. I just I haven't found time to do this. As is, I'm starting at 9:16 or something. I planned on starting at 9. So um you know, uh but look, I'm here. This is what this is what's up. Uh put in my uh second chest day this week. This is what I'm doing. I um <clears throat> I came up with a problem on, I'd say, about September. Uh, Nina started back at school, and she has a Monday night class, which means I can't go to the gym on Monday night, which really sucks because my one work day off is Sunday. So it's natural to take that as a rest day and then go back to working out, you know, back to training come Monday. So that's kind of put a damper on on things, and uh, I was doing, like, trying to make up for it instead of doing, like, a – because normally I, I was doing, like, Monday, Tuesday, take Wednesday off. So that way, if I had any planning for the show, I could just come home and get to it. You know what I mean? I didn't have to, like, rush it because I just got home from the gym and I got, like, an hour to go before the show type deal. So I like to take the Wednesday off, but what I was trying to do is I was just going, all right, well, if I'm off fuck Sunday and Monday, let me try to train Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then take off those couple of days, um, which, I mean, it, it kind of works, but I, I like to break it up. It it helps you go that much harder in the gym if you got, a, you know, a couple, you know, days broken up. So you're not just, like, overworking yourself or anything. I mean, whatever works. It's good. Muscle confusion is always good. So, uh, you know, sometimes you want to do that stretch. But anyway, um, so, you know, it kind of left me, like, not so sure what to do. I've decided this week. This is my new schedule that I'm going to do. Um, every week, I'm going to pick a different body part. And um, I, that week, I will train that body part twice. So um, on that Monday, I'm going to do everything I can to beat the shit out of that body part at home. And then on Thursday, I go back at that same fucking body part. So this week was chest. So I went out in the backyard. I did uh, I did a couple hundred push-ups. Uh, I think three hundred. Uh, I got uh, I got a couple sets of dumbbells. I got twenty fives and I got forties. So I have this this cinder block. It's pretty much like two cinder blocks. And uh, I put the top of my back on that. Kind of used that as a bench just so I could get my elbows down lower than you would if you were laying flat ground. And I did, uh, you know, my flies. I did the, the flies with the 25s, you know, real slow fucking wide flies. And then I did uh, chest presses with the uh, with the 40s. You know, I did like fucking six sets of 20 with the, uh, with the 40s and shit. So, you know, not the heaviest weight in the world. But again, I'm still fucking hitting that chest up on Monday. So then, boom, fucking Thursday. Now I go back in the gym again fucking super hard and fucking... You know what I mean? Really put a beating on, on that body part. And then the following week, maybe, you know, it'll be legs. So I'll do legs on the fucking Monday, which will be all sorts of squats and lunges and, you know, maybe a walk with the rec bag and that type of deal. And then come Thursday, 
all that type of, you know, different leg extensions and fucking all of the, you know, leg presses and all of that shit that I couldn't do at home in the gym. So I'll be doubling up on that body part once a week and then next week to be a different body. You know what I mean? So it's going to, it's going to definitely, uh, you know, hit those muscles up and really get shit going. So that's, that's my new uh, schedule for now for a little while. I'm going to definitely ride that out because uh, it'll keep shit uh, fresh because it'll be a different body part every week and, um, you know, continue to work everything else throughout the week. Yeah. So I think it's going to work out pretty well. Um, so that's that. Um, I got Night of Infamy to re- review tonight. Um, obviously, uh, Captain Dave assisted Night of Infamy review. Um, and a little Teddy Hart there too. Um, what else do I got? Um, shit, I- I'm watching a little bit of the Dallas Cowboys and uh, Minnesota Vikings game right now. And uh, you know, I got uh, Dak, and I got. Um, Witten on my my fantasy team, so I'm fucking rooting for those jerk offs to do something well. Um, you know, really blow shit up. I I need motherfuckers to produce. It's crazy. I I picked Gronk up this year. He turned into a complete fag. Like just, I mean, injured half the year, came back, got hit, and and had some kind of like lung problem, like blood in his lungs or some shit. Fucking comes back like a game later or whatever and fucking hurts his back and and now he's fucking he needs like surgery he's gonna be out for fucking eight weeks so that's the end of him my my top two picks in my fucking fantasy draft were fucking adrian peterson and rob gronkowski and look where the fuck they're at holy shit um i'm like barely clinging to a chance to make the fucking playoffs, but I need every fucking bit. Last week I had fucking like something like 60 points on the fucking bench. Completely blew my fucking picks as far as who I should start and who I should sit. Um, I had the Sean Jackson on the bench. I had fucking uh, Carlos Hyde on the fucking bench. Uh, Who else? Somebody else on the bench too that, that did well. But, man, like, what the fuck? So, uh, you know, it is what it is. I suck at fantasy football as far as I'm concerned, but I do like playing it. So, uh, yeah, of course, they just needed to run the fucking ball in for a touchdown. So that helps me none. Uh, Cowboys just scored. Uh, Vikings got some crazy-ass uniforms on right now. Those, like, uh, they're, like, purple, yellow numbers and shit on them. But, um, yeah, so, um almost look like Michigan jerseys and shit, but obviously not blue, but, um, or Rams jerseys. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, let's stick with the fucking football for a second. All right. Like I, I don't have a whole lot of actual football talk, but I have something to talk about as far as, uh, my fucking quarterback, Colin Cameron. Now, um, I, I've really grown to hate this fucking dude. This is a dude that I had full fucking support behind. I have his jersey in the fucking closet. I really hope in the future they sign another guy that has number seven so I can get a fucking nameplate to put over his shit. Because um, I'm not one of these jersey-burning motherfuckers that'll just sit in the closet until I'm able to, you know, do something productive with it. Um, but... Now, this guy, when he started his whole stand, or should I say sit or Neil, or whatever you want to call it. I called bullshit on it from the start because, you know, I've been a fan of this fucking guy, you know, since he came onto our team. And the thing is, is I never bought it. 
Uh, all these years with him, you never heard anything political, any kind of stand, any kind of anything. You, you never heard any fucking statements out of this fucking guy. He was the guy that fucking ran the fucking ball really well as a quarterback and kissed his fucking bicep when he scored touchdowns. Now, all of a sudden, he stopped scoring fucking touchdowns, uh, got so fucking bad productively. He was running scared in the fucking backfield. Like, every time he'd snap the fucking ball, he'd look around like someone was going to kill him, and then the fucking – then he, he – they would. You know, he'd, he'd get fucking sacked, or he'd throw the ball into fucking danger, get picked off. I mean, this dude threw back-to-back pick sixes last year. So – you know, he, he sucked to the point where they benched this motherfucker. They were paying this guy starting quarterback money, and they put him on the fucking bench to just try anything but him. So in the offseason, uh, he wanted to be gone. He wanted to be gone. Uh, they couldn't – nobody wanted to pay him the money he was going to be owed. I mean, um, because he was under contract, they would more or less have to pick up the contract that we were paying him, and everyone else was like, fuck that. I ain't having it. Um, so – they didn't see the value in in him for that type of money. So there was no there was no takers. But we wanted him gone. He wanted to be gone. Both sides are vocal. So the, you know the relationship is fucked up at that point when both of you guys are talking like I want to be gone, and the other side's like we want him gone, and then you're stuck with him. So um, he wasn't performing well even in the off season. Uh, he was like you know, skipping practices and this and that, saying, oh, you know, my arm still hurts. I might need another surgery. He was doing every fucking thing he could to not prove himself to the team. Uh, So going into preseason, like, this dude put out no fucking effort, um, all that drama in the offseason. The previous season, he sucked bad. Now, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's kneeling during the national anthem and, and trying to take a stand against, police brutality and this and this. And from the start, I said, look, man, like, I don't buy it. I don't think he's this fucking much of a stand-up guy. I think he wants attention. And he got attention upon attention upon attention. So the thing is, is no matter who they are, no matter what they're about, as soon as you say some kind of, like, Black Lives Matter or something like that, fucking people's ears perk up. You know what I mean? And it, it really doesn't matter who the fuck they are. You know, um, I mean, Mike Vick could have did that shit with his fucking, you know, uh, dog killing. Uh, Adrian Peterson could have did that shit after he whipped his fucking kid with the switch off the fucking tree. Uh, Ray Rice could have did that after he dragged his fucking wife out of the elevator. I guarantee you all those fucking guys would have got the same amount of support as Colin Kaepernick did. Because the bottom line is it's a sensitive subject and people, you know, just flock to it. Anytime that there's something that's bringing attention to that type of thing. They're going to be all over it. So that's he got exactly the attention that he wanted. Um, when he went out and he, he did this and did this and did this and started making statements about, you know, the unjust, you know, the, the things that are unjust and, and uh, this is wrong and that's wrong and I'm not standing for a flag that represents that type of shit. All right, well, now uh, came down to voting time. Now, look, like I said, I don't vote, but I also don't stand on the roof of my job and call the fucking news crews over and go, hey, I ain't doing this until the fucking this happens. So uh, to make, you know, political statements or social statements, however you want to label it, to the extent that he did and then decide he's not voting is completely hypocritical and is a terrible, terrible message to send because he is standing for something and he's trying to start some sort of organization, some sort of movement. Now, to say that, you know, 
statement was now, and, and it's so fucking ignorant too, because if he came out and they said, hey, hey, who'd you vote for? He could say, that's my personal business and walk away. And that would have been that. And no one would have criticized anything. He had to outright say, I didn't vote because it doesn't matter who you vote for. The system is corrupt and da, 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 da. Well, bottom line is if you really feel that way and you think that you getting people behind you to vote for what you feel is the best option, you don't think that there's any power in that. You're fucking retarded. You know, bottom, like fucking Donald Trump was on the fucking campaign trail talking all sorts of crazy shit that didn't really stand for fucking equality at all. Um, As far as police goes, he wanted to, he was screaming he wanted to reinstate uh, stop and frisk. And that was labeled unconstitutional um, in, I think, New York. And um, so that right there is a police-based issue that he could put his support behind or against. But to him... Didn't matter, didn't matter, because as far as I'm concerned, he was never invested in a co- in a solution. At very most, he was being militant, and that's it. And the only thing being militant does is get is riles people up, and and makes people violent. That's that's all that does. It creates hostility, and it doesn't work towards a a, a, a solution. You know, there's a way to protest, and there's a way to try to, you know, um, try to activate change in the right direction and try to really, um, you know, motivate the people to do things that are going to show change within the community. Just throwing money at the problem isn't exactly, you know, that either. So you can just say, oh, you donated a million dollars. Okay, great. <clears throat> Go look at his net worth and tell me if, like, you know, that's that's the fucking be-all, end-all of this guy. You know what I mean? It's nice and all, but again, when you have stealthy amount of money, just throwing you know a million here or a million there at the problem doesn't exactly just fix it or validate you in in what you're standing for. So that was the first thing. Uh, you know, the voting thing was pretty pretty fucking shitty, and you know to take that kind of stance like it doesn't even matter. Um, that's kind of crazy. Um. And then on, you know, and, and they even say that, oh, well, you know, well, California, you know, went this way and that's what he would have done anyway. Well, OK, but you think his word doesn't reach people in other states that could have, you know what I mean? So um, that's, I mean, that that's one thing. Now, the second thing is, is this Fidel Castro thing. This dude, he was wearing a shirt with Malcolm X and Fidel Castro, you know, shaking hands and this and this. And, uh, you know, Stephen A. Smith ripped him apart. Uh, they did a whole thing on it, you know, a couple of people talked, and it was all legitimate shit, and um, I really liked what was said. I'm going to play this clip. This is about three and a half minutes, and then I'll, I'll you know, give my comments on it, too, as far as the, uh, the Fidel Castro thing. But listen to this. This is Stephen A. Smith talking, and, um, you know, just, just check it out, because it, I think it sheds a lot of light on the reality of Colin Kaepernick's bullshit statements. And just the way that he's carrying himself right now. Before I engage in condemnation about the flaming hypocrite that Colin Kaepernick is, let me cut him a break in this regard. From a black perspective, it matters to a lot of black people. He's not lying about that to a lot of black people. It matters 
that Fidel Castro met in Harlem with Malcolm X in 1960. It matters that Fidel Castro sent 25,000 troops to Angola to fight, you know, uh, to oppose the uh, old apartheid mm -hmm. uh, government of South Africa. It matters to black people that when Nelson Mandela was released after 27 years of incarceration, unfairly as we all know, that one of the first things that he did in 1991 was travel to Cuba to thank Fidel Castro and the Cuban people for their support. So if you are black and you see support from Malcolm X and you see support from Nelson Mandela, it resonates. It gives you cause to pause. Having said all of that, Here's where we go awry. And I would refer, defer rather, to the great column in last Friday's paper by, in the Miami Herald uh, by Armando Salguero, uh, who writes for the Miami Herald, who is of Cuban descent, along with our friend Dan Lebertard, who I love dearly. Let's be clear. I am not Cuban. They are. And if anybody can speak to their suffering, <clears throat> No matter how eloquent you sound, no matter how eloquent I might try to sound, or you for that matter, Molly, nobody can speak to the suffering of the Cuban people better than them, their ancestry, the people that are connected to them. And I say when you hear them talk about this dictatorship, this regime, you're talking about dungeons, you're talking about firing squads, you're talking about murder, you're talking about, what is this here, the Human Rights Watch. According to the Human Rights Watch, Cuban citizens have been systematically deprived of their fundamental rights to free expression, privacy, association, assembly, movement, and due process of law. You know, when you hear those kind of things, and you're Colin Kaepernick, and you're talking about the stuff that he's talking about, when your sorry, pathetic behind didn't even have a decency to register to vote, to activate yourself in this election. You know, it's a damn crime that you would even sit up there. I told you to shave that damn afro. Stop acting like you're a militant. You're ignorant. And that's the bottom line. I'm not questioning his intelligence. I'm saying ignorance on the part is he picks and chooses what he wants to disseminate. I'm not saying he doesn't know any better. I'm accusing him of knowing better and not caring. He only cares about what he cares about as opposed to what's real. And when you've got the Cuban folks throughout the United States of America and beyond speaking about how vile this man was and his regime was since 1959, even though he took over, you know, he, you know, the coup, the, you know, the, the coup where he got, he got, you know, got the previous regime out of there and they were torturous to ignore all of that because of Things that you want to isolate and compartmentalize, it's a crime against those people because it reeks of insensitivity. It's incredibly alarming that Colin Kaepernick to choose to do such a thing. You know, and the thing is, is to here's my main thing is, all right, he's saying like, oh, well, you know, Castro might have done a lot of bad things, but he really invested in education and we invest in prisons. Well, let me let me explain something to you. First off, you know, when it comes down to Fidel Castro, he didn't allow human rights to the level of you speaking out against the government. If you stood over in Cuba and did the same exact shit that you're doing in the U.S., they would line a wall and paint that motherfucking wall with your brains. That's what the fuck they would do. 
So as far as them not fucking investing in, in prisons, well, the reason for that being they just paint the fucking wall with your head. They don't lock you up and try to give you a second fucking chance. Now, I think the prison system is fucked up. I'm not glorifying that and saying that's exactly what it should be because I think there should be a lot more reform as far as, um, you know, people being, you know, reformed and fixed. People that are fucking up get steered in the right direction, not put in in a prison system that's all out anarchy and survival of the fittest because when you live within that fucking environment and now you go out into the fucking public – Dude, you were just more or less trained for fucking war, and now you're supposed to live with everybody else and act like a civilized person? To me, that's a completely broken system, so that's a separate discussion completely. But now, on one side of things, look, we have the freedom to speak up and get riled up and fucking march and speak out and this and this. To a certain extent, that does allow a lot more leeway for crime to happen. If you live under a dictator... Who's just going to blow your fucking brain out if you take the wrong step? Well, there's not a lot of reason to invest in prison because why are we putting motherfuckers away? Because they just, they're disposable there. So it's hypocritical to say that, like, oh, we invest in prisons while they're investing in schools. Yeah, they can invest in education all they fucking want because if you fuck up, they'll just blow your fucking brains out. Put more money into fucking schools because only the people who are, who are walking that line and, and falling within the system – are actually going to fucking benefit from the education system because as soon as you decide you're some kind of rebel, you're some kind of rival, you're going to you know do your own goddamn thing, they're taking you the fuck out. These people grabbing motherfucking doors and shit, jumping into the goddamn ocean and trying to fucking float over to fucking Florida. Do you think that's because it's a wonderful fucking place and that Fidel Castro did such a fantastic job with fucking education system? Nobody's floating the fuck from Florida over to fucking Cuba. You know, like this is – and um, the other woman, um, I, I don't remember her name, but uh, she, uh, you know, she had spoke after uh, Stephen A. Smith. And, uh, you know, she mentioned one of the things that happened there is people mail fucking empty Kool-Aid packets into fucking envelopes and mail them to their families over there. Just so they can get fucking calories to live. That's the kind of fucked up shit is going on over there. So to fucking pick out something that you feel is a positive and trying to point this out like that's a shining example of what fucking America could be. You're a fucking piece of shit, dude. I don't give a fuck about this guy. And I've never, ever been in this position with my fucking football team. You know how diehard of a fucking Niner fan I am. I have never been in this position with my football team where I cannot root for my fucking quarterback, man. Uh, he drops back there, and, like, I want the fucking defense to hit this dude. Our season is fucked anyway, so it's not like we're in the fucking hunt and, like, a, a win is this. We won one fucking game, and that was week one of the fucking season, and it wasn't under Colin Kaepernick. Um, Colin's playing a lot fucking better right now, but I don't give a motherfuck, man. I want him to play anywhere else but here. Problem is, he's fucking damaged goods. No one wants part of what the fuck he's talking about and what the fuck he's doing. Nobody. And there was a fucking Cuban player on, uh, Miami to try to kill that motherfucker on the field, man. <laughs> he tried to fucking destroy that motherfucker on last Sunday. So, I mean, clearly, he wasn't down with the bullshit he was talking about either. 
you know what I'm saying? Like, and and it's and it's also brought so much hatred just to the 49ers organization, man. Like, yeah, it's brought attention. Sure, it's brought attention, but it's not good attention. You know, they they say, oh, you know, any attention is good attention, any publicity is good publicity, but not really, man. You get people that didn't even give a fuck about football that want us to fail just because of this fucking guy. It just it's 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 not good, man. It, it's really not. I wasn't the guy that was just like outraged that the motherfucker wasn't standing for the anthem and this and that. But like I said, the progression that this has taken, you go from making your stance. Okay, now how do you follow the stance that you've taken? Or you follow it by not voting and saying that that doesn't matter, and then you follow it by glorifying things that a fucking dictator did. And, you know, and I had to remove myself from the fucking 49ers uh, groups. Groups are bullshit any fucking way on Facebook because all it is, is is like the worst group of motherfuckers that like the same shit you do. You'll find the biggest dickheads that happen to like the same shit you do, no matter what fucking group it is. I don't give a fuck what your favorite shit is. Go find a group and wait about a month and tell me if motherfuckers haven't pissed you off. You know what I mean? Like, it just... I had to remove myself from that group because I had motherfuckers trying to legitimately tell me to do do my research on on Fidel Castro because I mean, dude, the verdict is not out on this dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like half the motherfuckers thought he was great and half the motherfuckers thought he was fucking. Nah, man, not at all. And uh, yeah, I just I just don't like as far as Colin Kaepernick. The only thing I could say is simple. Why is this not Fuckle. there? There we go. What's that, Bernie? Fuckle. Fuckle. Right. So that's that. Um, I guess let's get into another fucking hot topic over here. Um, um, so a hunter, uh, shot. And killed two fucking dogs on purpose. He was up in his uh, tree stand and he was hunting, and two dogs came running over, I guess, to the bottom of the tree. And they were barking and, you know, doing what they would do if you see a motherfucker in a tree and you're a dog. And uh, a Weimariner and a Doberman. And this guy fucking purposely shot them fucking dead. And, um, you know, he was charged, or he was arrested, and he's going to be charged. Um, but he's already posted on Facebook saying how um, he's he's going to get off. He He's going to get, he knows exactly, you know, his lawyers told him exactly what sentence he's going to get. He's saying, I'm going to do this. It's going to be wiped clean from my record. I'm fucking drinking beers right now, having a great time. Um, you know, that, that he's overall just, he, he, he loves this country because this is the type of shit you can get away with. And it's just great. And he feels completely great about it. Like he, he feels he's fucking happy about it. He's bragging about it. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's sickening, man. Um, you can go on my Facebook and, and see the link and shit and it'll show you his Facebook page and everything. And fuck man, shoot him a message. Uh, you know, I know the dude's probably gonna block uh, or shut off his Facebook at some point because he's, he's, you know, but he's he's proud of this shit, man. He killed two dogs straight the fuck up, you know. And this is this is, and I know, you know, this doesn't really, um, 
define hunters in general or anything like that. But this is an example to me um, of what I've been saying, that not every asshole with a gun should be allowed to climb a tree and kill fucking animals and take, take lives. Because you get some of these motherfuckers in here that'll kill a fucking handicapped bear or that'll kill fucking two dogs and shit. You know, I mean, people that are willing to take animals' lives for fun, for enjoyment, for what they would like to do in their free time. To me, it, it's not a good look. And you're not going to find just fucking, you know, great fucking citizens across the board. And again, like I said, not all of them. You know, that's that's not every one of them. There's some that have, like, great respect for wildlife. And they do shit within a certain guidelines, and um, you know they they have you know respect for nature, and um, I still don't agree with it. But in the same token, you know I don't think that those people are terrible people. Um, but some of these motherfuckers are out there, and they're they're allowed the same fucking the the same privilege as as somebody who's responsible. So we're allowing these people to just run around out there and kill whatever the fuck they feel like killing. And, um, you know, once it's gone, it's gone. And the rights for animals are, are, are slim to fucking none. You get a slap on the hand and just walk about your fucking life like nothing fucking happened. You know, um, we got a dog in our Newark branch last week. Um, there's a Sharpay. And it had some kind of fucking chemicals or something poured all over his fucking face and body, burned off of him. You know what I mean? Now this dog is on the fucking road to recovery, you know, and trying to get him back where the fuck he should be. It's just, there's disgusting fucking people out there. You know? And uh, it's just, um, yeah, the type of shit we got to deal with all the time, you know, especially like in the line of work. I see a lot of this shit, man, and it's terrible. And these fucking people need to be taken off the streets. I mean, if you think that same type of person that would pour acid or some kind of chemical that that would fucking burn the skin off of an animal, do you think that motherfucker's safe around your kids and all this shit? It's fucking crazy, man. That's that's to me. It's just it's just sickening, and, and the shit never stops happening. So, you know, we gotta fucking police ourselves and really try to fucking make it uncomfortable for motherfuckers to to live if that's the type of life they're going to choose to live. Like I said, the laws are what they are. You could sign on, you know, you could try to, you know, vote for different things to come up and try to pass different bills and laws that, you know, help to protect the animals. But on the other side of things, like I said, don't make it comfortable for motherfuckers to sit around you and talk about killing this and that or or thinking it's funny for this to happen or that to happen. And you, you can easily see why. And, and, of course, it's a way lesser situation um, as far as what the actual person is doing. But when people take joy and people think it's funny and it's a great running joke for, like, a gorilla to die, you know, in a tragic situation, that again, that's just not a person I value. Again, that's not a person that's out there, you know, uh, you know, hurting animals physically or doing anything themselves but it's still a person with a mindset that thinks that type of thing is okay they're going to weigh out a situation where an animal dies and go well maybe that's funny maybe that's maybe that's something i want to laugh about for a while and to me that's bullshit and that's why i don't respect people like that you know what i mean like i said from a low to a high high level i just don't think people should be allowed to be comfortable um you know living that type of life you know 
these animals rely on us for protection and, and, you know, you got motherfuckers running wild like this and, and valuing their life, not at all, like not giving any value to their life. And, and it's crazy because people who make their own decisions and, and put themselves in their own situation, you know, you get a lot of movements to talk about to protect this and protect that and equality and this and that. But as far as animals, a lot of people treat them like garbage, like straight up garbage, man. And these animals, um, you know, I'm not, you know, a big, um, you know, religious guy or anything like that. But, you know, people who are into it, you know, they'll tell you, you know, God created all animals. They're all on this earth. You know, we were all given a position. We might be stronger and more powerful and wiser and all of that stuff. But to just start removing things or treating stuff to a lesser extent just because we're stronger and more powerful, that's the ultimate bully, man. And and to me, I just don't respect that. Fuck these motherfuckers. You know? Again, Bernie. Fuck them! Right. Um, All right. I'm going to take a break, uh, come back, and hit up this motherfucking uh, uh, Night of Infamy or whatever you want to call this, this show that I watched. I was just trying to live it one day at a time, you know. <coughs> How are you talking, man? Live it one day at a time. It ain't nothing but a thing, though, bro. Yeah, I hear you, fool. Well, let me get up out of here. I'm going to ride out here waiting for me. All right, cat. Take it easy, baby. You stay up, fool. Peace. Hey, peace, he greets his father with his hands up, rehabilitated to life, glad to be the man's child. The world is different since he's seen it last, out of jail, been seven years, and he's happy that he's free at last. All he had was his mother's letter, now he's mobile, and he's got to make a change and make it for the better. But he's black, so he's got one strike against him, and he's young, plus he came up in the system. But he's smart, and he's finally making 18, and his goal's to get on top and try to stay clean. So he's calling up his homie hootin' came up, living best. Now they dealing with the same stuff. And had that attitude that who he was was worth lame. And with that fucked up attitude, he killed his first man. Now it's different, he did dirt. And realized killing it meant coming up, but it still hurt. And can't nobody change this. It's 1994, and we up against the same shit. I never understood why. I could never see a man cry till I seen a man die. Imagine life at its full peak Then imagine lying day in the arms of your enemy Imagine peace on this earth when there's no grief Imagine grief on this earth when there's no peace Everybody's got a different way of ending it And when your number comes for souls, then they send it in Now your time has arrived for your final test I see the fear in your eyes and in your final breath How much longer will it be till it's all done? Total darkness at ease, be it all one I watch him die and when he dies, let us celebrate You took his life, but your memory you never take You'll be headed to another place And the life you used to live will reflect in your mother's face I still gotta wonder why I never seen a man cry till I seen a man die
hear you breathing, but your heart no longer sounds strong. But you kind of scared of dying, so you hold on. And you keep on blacking out, and your pulse is low. Stop trying to fight the reaper, just relax and let it go. Because there's no way you can fight it, though you'll still try. And you can try it till you fight it, but you'll still die. Your spirits leave your body and your mind clears. The rigor mortis starts to set, now you out of here. You start your journey into outer space. You see yourself in the light, but you're still feeling out of place. So you're standing in the tunnel of eternal life. And you see the ones you never learn to love in life. Make the choice, let it go, but you can back it up. If you ain't at peace with God, you need to patch it up. But if you're ready, close your eyes and we can set it free. Your lies are not scared to die. May he rest in peace. I still got to wonder why. I never seen a man cry till I seen that man die. Probably my favorite cage of death match ever. 
Um, now, you know, the multi-man match of Cage of Deaths 5 is on its own level just because you had so many guys in there. The structure was so fucking crazy. But what they did with the traditional style Cage of Death match on that fucking Cage of Death 4 to me was unfucking stoppable I mean, just, just unbelievable. Two fucking guys in the ring. And, again, like I said, following it the month after he just did what he did with fucking the wife beater. And um, just insane. So, Night of Infamy, that makes sense because that night was infamous to me. Not another fucking show that was named Night of Infamy has gone down in infamy in CZW. Never. Like I said, you can go back in it, you know, you could pick out a, a couple good shows that were really good for being Night of Infamy and everything else. There have been really good November shows, but that doesn't mean they were fucking Night of Infamy. It's fucking crazy. Cut that shit out, man. There's some shit like that. You you guys don't need to make a yearly show out of every fucking thing, you know, that's going. And, you know, you kind of don't want to give them the fucking craziest shit ever the month before Cage of Death. Like, this main event was ridiculous, and I'm not going to jump ahead and, uh, you know, step on any of that. But uh, let's just get right into the fucking show. Homicide against Yuma. Um, Notorious White A7 Homicide uh, defeated Why? Yuma with a modified STF after his sh- All right. Let me see if I mislabeled these. No, fuck Somehow I fucked that up. Anyway, uh, Deppin and James, uh, th- it was the first match. I had that shit labeled wrong, and that's the second match. So I'm going to play that same motherfucking clip in about 35, 40 seconds. Uh, so anyway, uh, Tony Deppin and uh, Alexander James. Alexander James fucking sucked. Fuck what nobody says. He's fucking horrible. Um, his opponent can go out there and work really hard, and that's what Deppin did, man. He went out there and he did his, you know, hard-hitting, striking, angry-looking dude out there type thing. But it doesn't matter. When it comes down to it, fucking Alexander James sucks. And, and even going into this show, you know, people – I was talking something about what was going to be good or what I thought was going to be good. And Deppin pops up on my post and's like, yeah, you know, we like that you're sleeping on that match, and that's why we're going to go steal the show. And I told him, like, dude, he sucks. And he's like, you know, we'll see. Well, we did see. And it didn't steal any motherfucking thing. He almost fucking broke his goddamn neck. Uh, he did, like, a springboard. He's going for, like, springboard knees or something. And, like, overshot it and almost drove his fucking head into the, the, the mat. Or, or did drive his head into the mat. But, um, yeah, fuck, man. I'm glad he, he didn't break his goddamn neck wrestling fucking Alexander James, of all people. So, um, yeah, not, nothing to fucking write home about. So, anyway, uh, back to exactly what the fuck it is. Homicide against Yuma. Um, Notorious White A7 Homicide. I uh, defeated Yuma with a modified STF after his shoes were untied. Uh, then Homicide's win came short when uh, Greg Esland with Chrissy Rivera confronted Homicide. And he was a fight uh, at CZW Cage of Death uh, next month uh, in Boise, New Jersey. Homicide has accepted the challenge. On, oh, uh, Watermass said that this would be votes. Yeah, you know, the Homicide Yuma match, um, and, and it's, just, it's weird to have Homicide number two on the fucking card to begin with, especially 
where you see where those fucking fat students ended up um, on the card. Um, this was all right. The, there was nothing wrong with it, but it, it didn't stand out. There was nothing really special about it. You wouldn't really say, like, you got to see that Homicide Yuma match. Like, that's that's not what it did. And um, I don't know. I, it just it was what it was. Uh, following that, the Greg Excellence segment um, was actually good. I actually liked it. Um, um, I I don't think that this is going to be a bad match. I really don't. Um, a lot of the Greg Excellent stuff, you know, I just I haven't liked it. I think they're overbooking him when it when it comes down to he deserves the world title and and all his ridiculous shoot promos and this and that. Like a Greg Excellent homicide match can actually surprise people. I really really think so. And Greg. You know, he, he kind of stacked the deck because he, he called Homicide out asking for, the you know, the 2003 Homicide, the old school Homicide, that guy. You know what I mean? Like he wanted the, the bad motherfucker Homicide that, that fucked Teddy up. And, that, you know, like he called that dude like like that. You know what I mean? After Homicide just won a match. So he's still – he's putting him out there. You know what I mean? So to me, I think this match is going to be pretty hard-hitting. Um, I think, you know, if I was Greg Excellent, man, I'd be watching those fucking Steve Carino homicide matches and trying to mirror a lot of that shit and go into a lot of those same fucking, you know, a lot of those same avenues and shit and just make it fucking stiff, man. Latest fucking match in there, just legit, man. Beat the fucking shit out of each other. And, you know, homicide's going to fucking roll with that and, um... I, I think it could actually surprise people. This is one of the Greg Excellent matches that I, I actually think this is booked all right. And I think for a Cage of Death match, um, it's not like they have a whole lot of different places they could put Homicide. There's a whole clusterfuck booking as far as Cage of Death. There's some really, really good shit booked on it, but um, there's not like a whole lot of direction they could put this or that. They didn't build Homicide to wind up in the Cage of Death or anything like that. It's not like they built a lot of these guys, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, you know, he just actually had a world title shot against Gresham, so, that like, that's not the way to go. You know, to have Homicide on your show is a plus to begin with, and then to actually give a guy like Greg Excellent a spot, you know, which is uh, which is a nice bump to, you know, put him up against Homicide. I think he wrestled uh, Tony Nese last year, and that was actually pretty good. So, um, you know, to me it works. Um that's that. The, the next match, um, Tim Dunst uh, defeated Kevin Pappas, who's better known as Lucky 13 at the Dunst, tap him out, and then the state of a nation of what transpired last month at a Tangled Web, and it seems the friendship between the nation and the intoxication is over, unfortunately. Yeah, um, this this wasn't really anything special either. To me, uh, Tim Dons really doesn't excite me unless he's in some form of hardcore element. Um, he's able to really work some of that, you know, that that fucking even like a TLC type of deal. I think he's he's able to really incorporate that well. Um, I, I'm just I'm not a huge Tim Dons fan. In certain scenarios, he does shine, but I'm I'm just not a huge fan. He's got a real silly haircut now, too. Um, he just he changed that up a little bit. It was a bad look, but um, and um, Lucky I think is an underused guy. I think he's a really talented fucking um, you know cruiserweight dude, and 
I just think he's underused. They just throw him all over the place. And now that the nation of intoxication is over and he kind of just, like, said, fuck, I'm, I'm done with all you guys, it, he's not going to wind up siding or teaming with anybody. So hopefully they find a direction. But I, I doubt it because Lucky was always one of those guys that got lost in the shuffle, thrown into your aerial assault matches and all of that shit. And um, they never really had a fucking spot for him. So uh, it would surprise me if they actually did figure something out for him. But, um, uh, yeah, that that's that. And then, then following. Um, Lucky, uh, so the Nation of Intoxication is over. And Devin Moore and Connell Claston were brawling and more spit water on Connell Claston. Lucky decided to walk out and wants nothing to do uh, with the Nation uh, at all. Uh, then the IWA uh, Young Dragons of Josh Quinn and Dale Patrick um, attacking Danny Havitt and they were trying to, to take Havitt out and the whole entire CCW staff uh, to stop this mayhem. This war between the IWA and CCW heated up quickly. And I don't want a world full of people that were too fat and didn't give a shit. Right. Me neither, Teddy. Um, so, thing is, is um, I don't give a fuck about a thing that Josh Crane does. Uh, Dale Patrick has, 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 you know, devolved to pretty much where Josh Crane's at. He's not quite as bad. But Josh Crane is fucking terrible. Like, they throw, like, a toilet paper roll at him, and he tries to throw it back, and he can't even throw. He throws fucking awkward. Everything that dude does looks like absolute shit. He goes to fucking hit Danny with the fucking chair, and he misses. Like, dude, he is fucking horrendous. So fucking bad. And it's funny because, like, nobody knows what to fucking call him. You know, you see Captain Dave still calling him IWA. The motherfuckers are, are the furthest thing from IWA. The reason why Ian Rotten won't work for fucking CCW is because those guys were labeled IWA, and he didn't want to fuck with them. He wasn't booking them in his own company and said, fuck these guys. I'm not going to have Team IWA be two guys that I refuse to book. You know what I mean? And that's that's what it, that's what it comes down to is, is fucking, um, you know, fucking bum-ass John Wayne Murdoch, you know, decided like he'll just keep fucking begging people in Jersey for money. Um, uh, you know, in the Northeast for money, I'm sure it goes well beyond Jersey. Um, but you know, he's not taking a trip to fucking Jersey for, for CZW because he, he's not going to be lumped in with those guys. Um, you know what I mean? Like he, he's not going to be part of that. Like he's IWA, which, you know, legit, he, he's an IWA guy. Ian's actually, you know, obviously IWA. Um, you know, I, I just, I mean, if you're going to have a fucking guy who's as horrible as fucking Josh Crane out there, you find a way to make Ian's fucking kid work. And, you know, if, if people want to tell me that Ian's kid's bad, Ian's kid's bad, cool. Now start explaining fucking Josh Crane to me. You know what I mean? I, I just, at least there's a fucking, there's a lineage that goes with fucking Ian's kid. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I don't know. I, I just think you could do more with that. And um, obviously, even though, um, you know, Murdoch is a complete bum, he's a way better wrestler than, than the two of those guys. And, you know, more valuable. to So so you cut those fucking guys and you, you keep these guys coming in. 
you had a year-long fucking feud going with with or, or a year-long title run with Matt Tremont ended with Ian Rotten distracting fucking Tremont and allowing Gresham to get the fucking one up and get the win. And then the following show continuing on, Ian Rotten will never be there again. Or at least, you know, to the best of our knowledge of the near future, he won't be there. Um, which is just a complete dropping the ball. And now it's like, oh, fucking this and that. And, you know, Devin's yelling shit like, oh, Team CZW, yeah, right. Like, well, what the fuck are they? They're not Team IWA anymore. The Zandig guy thing went out the window. This is like the biggest clusterfuck year in the history of CZW. Because there was a point where Zandig was running a revolution that was going to fucking take over CZW and and he was going to change it and he was going to bring in all these guys. Half those fucking guys were never booked again. John Zandig didn't show up again. Fucking the next month, Ian showed up. It was an IWA versus CZW thing. Half the guys who were faced with Zandig the month prior were then healed with IWA. But then IWA disappeared because Ian didn't show up again and John Wayne Murdoch didn't show up again and Reed Bentley didn't show up again. So that was over and it wasn't that, but you still had the other two guys who were the shittiest of the group and they were the fucking heels, but they're not really IWA. And then Devin Moore joined them. And then, you know, I guess we'll, you know, we'll continue with who else is, you know, on the squad later, but holy fucking shit. You know, it's, it's such a clusterfuck. And, you know, I, there's only so much you could really blame DJ for because he really had a lot put in his lap as far as the shit that got fucked up. Like he couldn't, have, he couldn't have changed the shit that happened with Zandig. It was what it was, you know. And fuck, man, they shouldn't have set anything up because he was already fucked up. I mean, he he was already fucked up off of the the roof thing. So that I mean. They they set up fucking building blocks after he knew he was fucked up. So I mean that that's kind of on John as far as that shit goes, you know. And I gave uh, DJ a lot of fucking credit for recovering and getting that fucking Ian angle the next month put together and one of the best fucking CZW shows of the year, if not the best CZW show of the year, was that that next show. Um. Of course, it was followed with a horrible one and everything falling apart again. But, um, you know, this this is kind of what we've learned to expect. And, uh, you know, it, it's just such a bad, bad fucking hand that they've been dealt at this point. And uh, some of it, you know, they could have handled differently. And and it could have went a lot better. And clearly that's that's not where we're at now. But uh, the, ne- the next match. Then, um, then you have the, the great match, eh? The FYFBL, Mike Drastic, and Angel Ortiz uh, scored a victory over the Dub Boys um, um, of Nate Carter and David McCall. Now Steve Mack, one half of the hit squad for our current CZW Tag Champions, will defend the belt at uh, with uh, the FYFBL next month to gauge the death. <laughs> Yeah, um, look, EYFBO, I think, is one of the best fucking tag teams, period, right now. Um, They're just, they're great. Um, I didn't think the Dub Boys did too bad in this. Uh, This was an all right match, you know? Nothing crazy, but, you know, I thought this was all right. Um, The setup following that, where we get fucking uh, the Hit Squad and fucking EYFBO at Cage of Death, fucking awesome. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. I think you got to give these guys the fucking belt to Cage of Death. Um, it seems like Damn Moff is a little bit harder to book. Uh, you know, Monster Mac was there to set the challenge in this and that, but no Moff. You know, a couple months back, no Moff. Homicide subbed in. You know, you had a lot of that going on with Team Tremendous, where, like, you know, one month uh, Dan Barry couldn't be there, and then another month uh, Bill Carr couldn't be there. And it just, like, holding the titles with them, it was, there was a lot of subbing in. And for the most part, the hit squad have been there. So I'm not saying that, you know, every month he's not there or anything like that. But it seems like it might be a little bit harder to keep him on a month-to-month basis where um, EYFBO has been pretty consistent there for CZW. So, and they're on motherfucking fire. So I, I think you fucking strike while the iron is hot. You put the titles on EYFBO. And um, fuck, man, you know, give the hit squad a couple rematches and shit like that. By all means, fucking don't stop bringing those guys in. But at least then it gives you a little bit more leeway on having a month in and a month out. Because you should really have your tag champions there every month. I mean, that's just um, – yeah, and you got to start looking forward at this point, too, because um, a couple months down the road, heading to fucking Florida, are you going to have the hit squad down there on your, you know, on your end? I mean, I don't know. I don't know who's doing what that weekend, but, you know, I think you should showcase your fucking champions. I know they're going to put on best of the best. They're going to bring in a shitload of talent that doesn't, you know, normally work there. And, uh, you know, who knows what the fucking plan is there, but... um I don't know. Yeah, that, that's a little too far ahead. But either way, um, I think EYFBO and the Hit Squad are going to tear it the fuck up at Cage of Death. And I, I hope to see those guys pull it down. Um, let me see. Six. Okay. Now, well, we are, uh, now we moved on with uh, the next match uh, between Jimmy Lloyd and Frankie Picard uh, and in a no contest after. Eddie Blackwater uh, has spit dark mist uh, on the face of Jimmy Lloyd and did a candle shot on Frankie Picard um, repeatedly in the front to stop the mat and declare no contest. Fun places for fat parents to go with their fat kids and have someone tell them about it's cool to be fat because it gives you something to change. All right. Um, these guys fucking suck. Um, I, I, I've had about enough of people putting Jimmy Lloyd over and saying how fucking good he is and how proud they, uh, they are and this and that. Um, I don't know what kind of personal favors he's been doing for people. I know he, he's a nice guy. I've heard it from a lot of people. He's a really nice guy. A lot of people have known him for a while, and he's a really nice guy. He's really fucking bad in the ring. And I understand he's new, but that doesn't mean like he should just be on fucking cards doing fucking half of a move over and over. Frankie Picard has been around a long fucking time and he has had a lot of opportunity to be on the fucking main card and every time he shows up looking fucking worse than he did the last time. Fucking crazy amounts of fat all over this fucking ring and both of these motherfuckers are out there in their drawers. I fucking, you know, look, I never had a problem with motherfuckers with the pleather pants and the t-shirts and shit. People would shit on it all the time. That's not wrestling. That's not wrestling. I would watch 80 motherfuckers in pleather pants and fucking t-shirts before I watch a fucking fat dude in his drawers out there fucking roll hanging over his motherfucking dick. You know, get the fuck out of here with this shit, man. This shit is retarded. Why the fuck, man? He's got his fucking tight 
he's got his drawers pulled up past his fucking belly button so the shit holds it in a little bit. Like, what the fuck kind of shit is this, man? And they're working like backyarders. That's what they're doing. Like, you know all, like, the moves that you see other people do and the other people do them really crisp? Well, they're doing really shitty backyard versions of those moves. That's what they're doing. And and, and I'm not saying they weren't trained or weren't, you know, clearly they were trained. They obviously been in the CCW school for half a decade or whatever the fuck. But they don't, they're not good. Their look is horrible. Fucking horrible. You should not look like that and go out in fucking public with your fucking shirt off and shit. You shouldn't have fucking entrance music to come out and fucking present yourself to the fucking audience. That that's fucking crazy. That's crazy as fuck, man. That that just uh you're you're literally toxic to the world. And a lot of people don't want to hear that, but you're literally toxic to the world because you're toxic to yourself and I don't see a fat person generally uh really obese that loves themselves. Yeah, again, thanks for the assist, Teddy. Um, you know, and the thing is, like, look, the fucking the, at one point, like Frankie Picard throws a drop kick, and it looks like he fell off the back of a fucking motorcycle. That's how he fucking lands his own drop kick. <laughs> like he takes this crazy sideways, like laying on his fucking hip and shoulder shit. Like, this shit looks crazy. I just look like what the fuck is? He looks like he fell off the back of a fucking motorcycle. That's how he throws the dropkick. And then fucking the finish was, and look, they they did the the lights blackout thing, but he had one, two, and you heard the the fucking third hand come down as the lights went out. So that was pretty much their finish, their three count, whatever. They did some bullshit off the top rope. I guess they were going for like an electric chair drop or some shit. I I don't know what the fuck, man, but like this shit was, he just like jumped off the top rope with Frankie Picard on his shoulders like he was fucking walking around Disney World and, and just kind of like landed and just crumbled somewhat. And like you didn't even know whose offense that was supposed to be at that moment. And then he, uh, then uh, Jimmy Lloyd went for the pin like, oh, I guess, I guess that was his move. What the fuck, man? I mean, yo, that, that shit was fucking crazy. And, I, people are popping for this dude because he's nice or some shit. I, I don't know, man. That that shit isn't for me. That shit isn't for me at all. I guess it, it's something for everybody, but if that's your representative of CZW, and like I said, Homicide is fucking number two up on your motherfucking card. And these dudes are like fucking five matches in doing this kind of crazy shit in the ring. And then the lights go out, and that sets up the, the little fucking... Uh, um, the, the the cosplay kid from, from uh, Comic-Con, he's a little dark cosplay kid. You know what I mean? So he's he's going to fight maybe both of them, maybe a cage of death. So that'll be really good, I'm sure. Now he got three motherfuckers that work like shit. Jesus Christ. The great match of what we have is uh, the pro wrestling mania Joe Gacy defeated... Sammy Callahan in a hard fought match, and Sammy Callahan and he sat in, in a way in disbelief. Um, but this cryptic video popped up. Turns out that Leo Rush uh, wants to fight with Sammy Callahan at Cage of Death number eighteen. So the challenge has been accepted. 
Uh, and um, should be a great, great match in the next day. Yeah, um, this was the best match of the show, hands fucking down. Uh, Gacy and Sammy completely fucking tore it up. One of the best Joe Gacy matches I possibly have ever seen. Um, this is the perfect way because I believe 100% that Joe Gacy is going to go win the fucking world title at Cage of Death off of Gresham, and uh, this was the perfect setup. And, and you think about it, you know, the month prior, he beat G's. And then he beat Sammy Callahan. It's it's the perfect setup to make him relevant to the point of of a, a title. You know, he had two huge fucking wins, and um, this this was you know fucking kick ass match. I mean, they they really beat the shit out of each other. And following this match, as uh, Captain Dave pointed out, vignette pops up on the screen, and it's gonna be Leo Rush. Sammy Callahan at Cage of Death, and that's a fucking awesome matchup right there. That's another matchup that's, like, worth the fucking admission. Not that – I don't even want to say admission because the live experience is not good. It's it's not. There's a lot of gargoyles there. They're eating popcorn with their fucking wrists. And, uh, uh, you know, I, it's not for me. But anyway, worth – Watching the show, however you're comfortable with watching the show. I prefer to watch that motherfucker at home where there's no filthy-ass motherfuckers around me. And, um, you know, like my dog can lay with me on my bed, and my dog is cleaner than the majority of that fucking crowd. That's the type of shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd way rather. Um, as far as that, side note, um, there will be no live eye pay per view for Cage of Death, which to me is fucking bad. That's real bad. I think they really should have went out of their way to find somebody that can make it fucking happen. Um, Cage of Death is the biggest show of the year, and uh, you got to fucking shell out some kind of fucking money to make that shit possible. Um, from the best of my understanding, uh, it was being made to work with Mike Pankos there because Mike Pankos had that type of equipment and all of that stuff. When Pankos left, they were left to operate on, you know, way level, way lower level uh, equipment, and it suffered. And I, I don't think that they were able to pull it together. The building's inter- internet reception is, is slim to none, and that's why they ended up, uh, you know, refunding a bunch of high pay per views, including mine, um, because it was choppy and, and glitchy and fucking pixelated and just it could not handle the stream. Uh, DJ in DJ language, uh, responded when I asked about, um, and yeah, I thank him for his response, but, uh, you know, you kind of have to do a little decoding. Um, he, uh, responded about the, uh, is there going to be an iPay-per-view, this and that? And he said something along the lines of, um, none is until building construction is finished late. Uh, I, I think that's like the majority of what his message said, and it's that's almost word for word. So the translation to that is, this is just just the just my own personal understanding of what he said. There's going to be a building renovation and construction done, and I believe part of that construction will also include a Wi-Fi system. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't fucking know. As far as I'm concerned, that's what I got from it, that when the construction is done, then the iPay-per-views will be back up and running. As far as I'm, you know, as as I know, 
the only thing you really need is an internet connection to stream your cameras. And so, so I don't think the building would have a fucking thing to do with that. Unless of course, like I said, the building was adding some form of Wi-Fi system into the, uh, the, the skate zone CZW area. Um, so, so that's, that's what I think is going on there. Uh, the, I, the delayed eye pay-per-view will be up on Sunday, according to DJ. I'm hoping it's up like fucking midday or something. Cause I'd really like to watch that shit like Sunday evening, but I'm sure as fuck not going to start watching something at like nine, 10 o'clock at night. So um, I'm really hoping he gets that shit up like midday on fucking Sunday so I can make plans, you know, make sure I get all fucking ready to watch that shit Sunday night. Um, but, you know, is what it is. If not, that'll be what I do Monday. Um, Monday. Um, so so that's that's uh, that's that there. Let me go. Where am I at? Okay. And JT Davidson and Brittany, and Brittany Blake cutting a promo, and the fans, they were starting to roll out the toilet paper into the ring. It's like, it's like laying toilet papers, heavy toilet papers that being thrown in the ring. It's just chaotic. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is fucking crazy. This is crazy shit because you understand that JT Davidson must have drove like fucking twelve hours to cut a motherfucking promo. <laughs> like none of his fucking guys were there to manage. He must have drove twelve hours to cut that bullshit promo. And I like JT Davidson. I think he's really good. Um, the, the Crimson Submission Machine is fucking horrendous, man. She is. She is fucking terrible. Um, she's. She's another one of these ones, these fucking students that just, just fucking horrendous, man. DJ's got, you know, what kind of, whatever kind of crusher, whatever's going on there. And, you know, he gave her the spot. He put her over fucking, Tony Nese has a fucking WWE contract. And he fucking put her over fucking Tony Nese at best of the best. And, and because that angle was so fucking hot and everybody was all about it, you, you have to remind people because nobody knows or gives a fuck that like all right that was for like an opportunity and she won the opportunity of her choosing and this and this and um you know so uh she still has that opportunity and what's funny is the fucking fans are shitting on these two so much that she finally gets the mic and she's supposed to announce to the fans that hey you motherfuckers must have forgot you know i beat fucking tony knees the best of the best i have a opportunity i can do whatever i want with that opportunity you know, you motherfuckers better be ready because, you know, I, I could fucking unleash this shit at any time and you don't know what I'm going to pick. I could have anything I want. You know, she's supposed to say something along those lines and the fans are just shitting on her to the point where JT Davidson has to take the mic back to say what the fuck she was supposed to say. <laughs> so it's fucking crazy. And amongst this, the fucking toilet as fucking, as Captain David mentioned, the toilet paper is coming in like fucking bullets. This shit is fucking great. The thing is, is, man, it reminds me of the old, um, at some point, Backseat Boys, um, <laughs> you know, they would go around the ring and they would collect dollars and shit. And, um, you know, the, the chicks would stuff them in their pants like strippers and shit. Um, when when Trent was like the thug Trent where he dressed like, you know, he was trying to mock homicide, he would actually steal the money from the women. That was always funny. But at some point, because they were heels for the most part, um, 
a lot of the fans would start throwing change, and they weren't just lobbing change, like, respectfully into the ring. Pennies were flying like fucking bullets in the arena. You would just hear the shit, bing, come off the fucking guardrail in front of you, like, oh, fuck, man. And, like, if you had a hat down, you'd fucking lower that brim, man, because, like, you catch one of the motherfuckers in the eye that came from the other side, man, like, that shit's gonna fuck you up bad, man. It definitely got out of control at some point. Trent would run around picking up the quarters and shit. It was funny. But, um, yeah, like, it reminds me of that because it's it's getting it's getting out there. It's funny because, you know, initially it started off, uh, you know, everyone throws the goddamn streamers like it's Japan. And um, then, the, you know, they throw toilet paper for the heels and this and that. It's all, it's all fun and games. Nobody's lofting toilet paper anymore. They're throwing them like fucking footballs. And um, I'm waiting for someone to just get fucking smashed in the side of the head with one of these things, like a full roll of toilet paper. There were some that I saw come through the ring that it looked like they didn't even hit the fucking ropes, mat, anything. Like it just sailed through from one side to the fucking other. It just shit looked like a fucking like a like a bullet pass just came through the fucking ring. And like they're missing these motherfuckers, but not by much, man. The shit was one of the most comical things I ever fucking seen, man. Like, it just, I, I'm really, really hoping somebody catches one on the side of the head. Like, somebody I don't like catches one on the side of the fucking head, man. As long as you guys are allowed to do that shit, you know, fucking fly those motherfuckers in there. I, I definitely don't think they should be allowing that type of shit, but, like, you know. Like they, they should definitely be announced. Like, look, if you want to lob things in, like fucking, uh, you know, like streamers, you know, we, we encourage that type of, you know, uh, type of thing. But yeah, you, know, you shouldn't be fucking throwing ninety mile an hour fastballs with fucking toilet paper. Because I'm just sitting there rooting. I'm just rooting for the toilet paper while I'm watching this shit go. Man, she gets caught inside of that fucking beanie with the fucking toilet paper. I'm going to fucking die laugh. I'm going to have to pause this shit to go outside to laugh because I don't think there's enough room where I'm at to laugh as hard as I need to laugh. <laughs> like, I was like fucking – that became like the entertainment there. Oh, another thing I forgot. Early on when – um uh oh, I, I named them the Dung Dragons. When the Dung Dragons attacked uh, Danny Havoc, um, Bob Ross, you know, the guy who used to uh, paint the happy little trees – he came in, and the dude from Flock of Seagulls, he came in too. Um, apparently, they train with the CZW school now. So amongst the people who swarmed the ring, it, uh, you know, little cameos, Bob Ross and the Flock of Seagulls dude was up in there. You got to you watch your back, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. I had no idea these dudes were training with um, – I thought, I thought both of them were dead, but um, turns out, they're training for CZW right now, and um, that's something to watch out for. You know what I mean? Uh, I, don't, I don't know what kind of shit that they're doing. Um, I don't know what kind of, you know, move set Bob Ross has. He always kept it kind of cool with the trees and the paint. But, um, you know what I mean? Look out for that shit. Um, so, anyway, uh, what do I got now? There we go. The next match you have... The JAP World Heavyweight Title match between um, Black Jeans and Arcadia. 
Um, Black Cheese uh, did win over Arcadia with a top rope stomp to end the match. Great match. Hey, no. Yeah, uh, I really, really like this match. This was really good. It, it kind of exceeded my expectations. Um, you know, I, I like G's a lot. And, um, you know, Arcadia, he's kind of hit and miss to me. I've seen a lot of stuff that he's done really, really well. So um, I never, you know, sleep on what he can do out there. But, you know, it depends on, you know, the matchup. Um, I actually thought this match was, like, way better. I think they had a match in Bayonne. Um like earlier in the year, in the early Bayonne show, and um, I thought this match was way better. This was really good. Um, Jesus defended the JAPW World Heavyweight Title, and um, yeah, I thought it was really good. JAPW Showcase with the with Black Jesus. Um, so um, that that's that is what it is. That's, that's like having a CCW Showcase with Homicide on the Jersey All Pro Show. It's fucking crazy, but um. The next up. Then, um, the World Heavyweight title match was short brief. Is that Jonathan Gresham decided he wants nothing to do with Danny Havoc. So, the match between Danny Havoc and Jonathan Gresham, um, never happened. So, uh, so it's going to be rescheduled for, for the title match at Cage of Death number 18. Yeah, so clearly even Captain Dave didn't know what the fuck was going on because he thinks Danny Havoc is fighting um, Gresham at Cage of Death, which is not the case. Um, this is kind of weird because, you know, it was supposed to be Danny Havoc versus Gresham. So Danny Havoc has a world title shot, right? So he goes to come out a little banged up because the Dung Dragons attacked him earlier in the show. And um, now he, he's he's limping his shit, right? Maven comes out and tells him, you can't wrestle this match. If you wrestle this match, then we're taking you out of Cage of Death. You can't wrestle that match at Cage of Death if you wrestle this match. Which to me is kind of fucking crazy, because that's like saying he had the opportunity to wrestle that match. Now let's just say, hypothetically, he wrestles that match, and he wins that match. Well, now he's your world champion, and you just told him he can't work at Cage of Death. Well, that don't make no motherfucking sense. Um, so I don't know. It's just eh, okay. So they're like, yeah, you can't fucking do that. So then uh, he's like, fine, fuck it. And um, then you got um, Joe Gacy comes out and he wants a title shot, and they're like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. So they do like two moves, and then Gresham slides out and says, fuck that, I'm done, I'm out, I'm out of here. So then they go, okay, well, he's got a title shot at Cage of Death. What the fuck happened to Danny Havoc's title shot? I know he's, you know, he's wrestling Ricky Champagne at, at Cage of Death, but I don't know if he's still got that in the chamber, if we're talking, you know, January, February type deal. I don't know, but that that was just kind of strange the way that they laid that out there, but, you know, GCW like nothing else. Um, so, so then you had main event. We saw uh, in a main event, uh, in a square circle of sacrifice, I have to say, True Blood sided with Devin Moore with the young dread of the IWA. Now, hold on. Now, did you hear the way he, he announced that main event? Now, I want to do one thing real quick. I want to compare his excitement over the CZW main event up against 
Dave's excitement for the main event of Santa Claus of the Parade. Now, all right, brace yourself. Here goes the Santa one. Yeah, I mean, so you got that, and then you got this. We saw uh, in a main event, uh, in a squirrel circle, mm. a sacrifice. Mm. I have to say, True Blood sided with Devin Moore with the young draft of the IWA. Just did at the beatdown on Team CCW uh, in a no-road barbed wire. You had the bat rapid barbed wire, bed of nails. Uh, chairs, I mean, playing toys here. And so it was, it became a four on three. Now the lights went out. Joey Chinella is about to, to, to be coming back at the CCW. Now it's going to be four on four at Cajun Death. It's going to be Devin Moore, Drew Blood, Josh Crane, and Dale Patrick. Tayson, Cannonball, Matt Tremont, including, yes, yes, and yes, Joey Chinella. Four on four. All right? Um, one more time. There goes the main event. Here he comes. There goes the main event. That's right. Um, now, all right. First off, Joey Janela and Cage of Death, best thing they fucking did. I hate this fucking Cage of Death lineup. I really, really do. The Dung Dragons are going to blow spots all over that fucking match, especially fucking Crane. He's fucking horrendous. Um, and, you know, what What can you say? I mean, it, it's just... It's... Uh, Make it fun to be fat. Make it fun to be fat. You know, I mean, that that's basically what it's going to come down to. You're just going to have Josh Crane in there. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's going to be bad. But the thing is, is Joey Janela is going to make that Falcon match entertaining. He's going to go above and beyond and this and that. Um, you know, uh, the other thing is, you know, I mean, he just counted that shit out. And when Dave counted that shit out, he said it's four on four, but he named three guys on one side and four on the other. So we try to get Dave to clarify right there in the uh, the, the live thread. Let's let's see if we ever got to the bottom of that. And uh, Jay Catmore, that's four on three. Uh, well, now it's going to be four on four here, Jay Catmore. Four on four. Uh, like I said, it's Team right. IWA of Dale Patrick, Josh Crane, Devin Moore. And Drew Barbed wire, fucking bed of nails, this, that. I mean, 
why why are we doing this a month before Cage of Death with the same fucking guys? I, just for the most part with the same fucking guys. It, it just to me it just it didn't come off well. I didn't think the match was really great. Sure they bled all over the fucking place and took a couple crazy little bumps and shit, but like I mean we're throwing fucking Matt Tremont off of fucking scaffolds the month before Cage of Death. Come on, man. Like you, you I mean you're wasting shit. On on this bullshit show, I I, I don't know, man. Like, it just to me, it was it was a complete fucking waste. I had no idea why they went to that route. Um, yeah, this match was just clearly another example. Fun of, places for fat parents to go with their fat kids and have someone tell them about it's cool to be fat because it gives you something to change. Yeah, so that, that that's basically what what I went with there. Uh, but with the joke. Joey Janela, you know what? They fucked that up too, because they're they're all fucked up in the ring, and then they're like, yeah, well, it looks like, you know, Deb's like, looks like we got fucking four cars and you only got three, you know, and and then he um, they hit the fucking they hit the video, but they start the video at the fucking end where he's walking away all bloody, and then they hit like the rewind thing, and you hear Deb go, well, that was impressive. <laughs> I fucking died. <laughs> he's just fucking. He's busted on the fucking video. You can hear it on thirty audio. It's so great. Um, but you know they showed the, the Joey Janela thing, which the Joey Janela um video was fucking great. Um, you know, just smashed into the CZW actual performance that they were doing there. A little rough to handle that way because you know really well made fucking crazy ass video. You know, with, uh, you know, these motherfuckers out there. And, you know, the thing is, as far as this lineup goes, um, you know, Cannonball's a really nice dude. I'm not a huge Cannonball fan as far as his in-ring stuff. Um, he's all right. Uh, he's, he's losing a shitload of weight. So I'd imagine his mobility is going to get even better. Um, you know, Tremont, Tremont's great. He's one of the best deathmatch wrestlers in the business. But in the same token... He's about as banged up as it comes, man. Like, that dude, um, he is fucked up. You know, his back's all fucked up. He's got a lot of problems, and, and rightfully so, for all the shit he takes. You know, <clears throat> that dude's not in good shape at all. You know, he's way out of shape, and then on top of that, he takes bumps that Arnold Schwarzenegger in his fucking prime would be fucked up off of the stuff Matt Tremont's done. So, I mean, you got to give that fucking guy credit for going out there and doing every fucking thing under the sun and really carrying the fucking ball of ultraviolence for CDW as well as half of the fucking indies because he, he really stepped up when there was big, big fucking gaps. A lot of people were gone and were done with death matches and were, you know, retired. We had some people pass away. There was a void to be filled, and Matt Tremont really filled that. But I think um, our time is limited with Tremont. I don't, again, I don't think... You know, taking these type of bumps the month before Cage of Death where you really need them to come through is good for your fucking business. Um, so there's that. Um, uh, Joey Janela, great. Absolutely great, great, great to be in that fucking match. Connor Claxton, I don't know, man. To Connor Claxton, his wrestling has improved, but we got to get to Connor Claxton that, um, you know, went through that deathmatch trial series with the fucking Nation of Intoxication when he first came out. That's the Connor Claxton we got to get. Not the fucking Connor Claxton from, you know, the Tournament of Death that year. He did really well in Tournament of Death this year, to his credit. So, um, you know, 
I, I just want to see, you know, a really fucking standout performance out of Connor Claxton. Um, okay, now let's go on the other side of things. Devin Moore. Devin Moore is a guy who always fucking shows up. I think he's a go-to guy for a match like Cage of Death because this guy will do fucking star presses off the top of the cage like like he was born to fucking do it. Um, he, he is a fucking go-to guy for this type of match. I, I think he's, he's excellent for this, this type of match. Um, uh, again, the Dung Dragons are fucking horrible. They're really fucking bad. You can hope to get a good performance out of Dale Patrick. It's not going to happen out of fucking Josh Crane. Josh Crane is fucking horrendous. He, he keeps getting fatter. How fat can Josh Crane get? He keeps pulling down the top of his singlet so it looks like he's wearing fucking pregnancy pants. Like, this dude, I don't know how much fatter he can get. Every time I see him, he's getting fatter and fatter. His legs are just getting fucking huge and swollen, and his fucking belly is fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy, man. He's got one of those, like, bellies you can see from behind type shit. You know what I mean? He's shaped like a fucking pigeon, man. (laughs) Like, this shit is crazy. Shit is fucking bizarre. Fuck this dude, man. I mean, just in case you didn't hear me. Fuck <laughs> and uh, and then and then the the one guy left, Drew Blood. D- Drew Blood in his match just means CZW is extremely fucking desperate because they had no reason under the sun to book him. He was obviously available for all this fucking time. Nobody fucking wanted anything to do with fucking Drew Blood. His boy Dev's in there. They're struggling for a fucking somebody to do this shit. You know, obviously, the plan earlier in the year, who knows what the initial plan was with Zandig, because there was a whole revolution and this and that. And clearly, it was going to cap off a cage of death in some kind of fashion. So, but it definitely wasn't going to include fucking Drew Blood. And then, you know, going on from that, you had fucking the Dung Dragons and you had um, the, the Rejects. So that's, that's four guys right there. Maybe you added Devin to it and you had a five-on-five. Five. No fucking way was Drew Blood in there as far as two months ago. No fucking way. So this is just ECW being really fucking desperate and, and Drew Blood coming through with it. And, and I mean, he'll, he'll probably do pretty well for himself or whatever, but, I mean, not stand out, fucking blow the minds of anybody type shit. You know, I just wrestled his, his little death match with Danny D'Amato, and I didn't give a fuck about that. Um, you know, it's going to be what it's going to be, but there's a lot of fucking weak spots on that fucking match. There really, really is. Um, you know, people could get upset because they're friends with these people or whatever. I really don't give a shit. Um, I'm, I'm speaking from an entertainment stance, you know, from, you know, what I feel is fucking entertaining and, and the type of, uh, you know, performance that those guys are capable of doing. And, and, and I already know where I'm at with this. So, um, here's what it is, man. Um, some good shit on Cage of Death, though. You know, beyond that fucking match. And, of course, they'll pull some crazy fucking insane fucking bumps all over the fucking place. That That's a definite. I mean, it, it they'll just be nutty fucking bumps all over the place. Um, but, you know, there's other parts of that card that I feel really, really strongly about. Like I said, the, the Hit Squad, EYFBO, always fucking kill it. Leo, fucking Sammy. They're going to fucking kill it. Um, I think Homicide Greg is actually going to surprise people. Um, you got fucking, um, who else you got? Oh, uh, Ricky Shane Page and Danny Havoc. They wrestled each other like 85 fucking times, and they're all great matches. And really, it's only like four times, but either way. Um, you know, 
I mean, they're all great matches. So you know they're going to tear it up again. I don't know what there's left to do between the two of them. You know, they built this whole, they never had a one-on-one match. They had one at last year's Cage of Death. Just fucking cut it out, guys. Um, you know, again, it's fine, and they're going to bust their fucking ass, and it's going to be amazing. But, uh, all right. Oh, Jesus Christ. We got fucking Ricky Shane Page versus fucking Matt Tremont one time, and it was in Ohio. Uh, and, like, Jesus Christ. So, anyway, uh, it is what it is. Um, I think that's about all I got. Um, shout out to Shaheen Boxman over there, the Hot Tag Podcast. I think I forgot to plug fucking anything last week, or whatever my fucking last show was. Uh, but, uh, yeah, check out the Sports Den over there doing their thing, fucking talking sports. Uh, I think they were on last night, so check them out next Wednesday. Um, I think that's, that's about all I got to shout out, plug, whatever. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I, I just definitely wanted to get in a show tonight. Uh, it, it was rough just getting to, uh, getting through watching a show. I, that took me two nights. Uh, last night I had to edit all these fucking clips and shit, um, you know, and, uh, put it together. So, you know, it was what it was. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Um, you know, just fun places for fat parents to go with their fat kids and have someone tell them about it's cool to be fat because it gives you something to change. Yeah. Uh, what more can you say? Um, uh, I know that shocks anyone who's listened to my show before that I, I have no idea where my fucking outro is. And it's not like something I could just, you know, you know, put on the fucking nightstand over here and shit. It's like I have to scroll up. That, that's a big problem with me here is on the soundboard. Um, I, I have, I think, fucking 10 pages of clips on there. Like every fucking song that I've added on here, it's all on here. And you have to individually delete them. Like, one at a time, you have to go through and, like, okay, delete that. Okay, delete. Like, click. Are you sure you want to delete that? Yes. Then that's deleted. Then you go to the next one. Like, I got, like, fucking 15, 20 Sean Price songs. But just that alone. You know what I mean? So, uh, it, it's fucking crazy and time-consuming. And I really need to go through. But I need to have, like, a fucking hour and a half just to dedicate to deleting fucking clips. It's not like I can highlight a chunk and, you know, delete those like you can with fucking normal files. The system on here is fucking retarded. So, um, you know, it is what it is. But, uh, like I said, I hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, see what's going on for next week. I plan on doing a Wednesday, but we'll see. I got to make sure I got some shit to talk about. You gotta watch some more wrestling. Who fucking knows? Um, WWE does a, like a pay per view this Sunday, like the Raw pay per view or some shit. Maybe I'm wrong. I barely watch it, so um, here's what it is. Uh, we'll see what I get watching uh, if I got anything to talk about, and I'll check you motherfuckers out next week. Peace. I love all of y'all, and uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. Keep it in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you... Good.
like, geez, tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you got to say because you be blazing people. And I'm like, well, I got to hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide it. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. The Juza Kid Radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the bad guy. I'm going to tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no food.